What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love. Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am so excited and honored today to welcome my guest, Nataki Rivers. Hi, Nataki. Hi, Dawn. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Nataki is an amazing, amazing, beautiful, powerful, um, energetic, uh, just incredible heart and soul woman. Um, and she is a native of the low country sea islands of rural South Carolina, known as Gullah Geechee people, most of her adult living. However, she has um, been experiencing living in the surrounding suburbs of Metro Atlanta. How long have you been there? Most of my adults, so over 25, 30 years I've been in Atlanta. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she is filled with an unquenchable thirst for a greater understanding of herself and her soul's purpose after experiencing some traumatic events. She began her self-healing journey of forgiveness and initiation into the field of metaphysics, energy healing, and clearing modalities. She's also an entrepreneur and facilitates health and well-being through various energy healing modalities. Her work serves to help individuals and organizations with conscious leadership development and wellness workplace education and implementation. As a teacher and mentor, she provides lightworkers training to those individuals here to use their spiritual gifts for the advancement of humanity. Wake up consciousness, Nataki. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited. We're going to have an amazing conversation. Thank you, Don. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for inviting me. You are an amazing, energetic um, being yourself. So thank you thank for this you. connection. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, okay. So my first question is, is usually like, well, it has to do with what we're talking about, but not really, um, but it does because it all is one, right? Mm -hmm. It's all connected. So I want to, I want to know about um, the things that you have brought home from Ghana, you just spent a lot of time over there and mm -hmm. you must have had really incredible experiences. So can you share a little bit about those? Oh, most likely. Most um, uh, with joy and um, happiness to share that. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Don, that Ghana um, was an experience, a spiritual journey that I was called into. Um, I had no idea of going to Ghana, at least going to Africa within this year, within that year. Um, Africa has always been on my list of things to do and places to visit, of course, returning home. And uh, but over the, the months that I was visiting in um, Virginia Beach, Ghana kept coming to me. People kept bringing Ghana to me. And so finally, after the third time, I said, yes. I said, what is this? I said, yes. And when I said yes to Ghana, I was in Ghana within two weeks. Wow. Isn't that how the universe works, right? Weeks. Yes. Yeah. And I got on the plane without really even having, I actually got played for my ticket before I got my visa. <laughs> so I did everything just, just, just haphazardly, but it boom, was boom, like, boom. 
moving. Everything, everything is moving. I got on the plane without even having confirmation of where I was going to stay. Wow. And uh, when I texted the guy, because I had, you know, delayed my flight maybe two or three times because I was waiting on the visa to come and the visa was delayed. And so I said, I'm not going to call or text anyone until everything is clear. I'm, I'm, I'm at the gate. And that's what I did. And so he said, oh, I didn't know you were coming. I said, well, no problem. If there's not a place for me to if you don't have a place for me to stay, I will stay in a hotel, but I will make it work. I'm on the I'm on the I'm at the gate. So I'm on my way. <laughs> and so um People kept asking me those questions like, well, why are you here? What what made you decide to come to Ghana? And I could easily say, you know, this was not my choice, at least nothing that I was aware of. Right. However, this was a spiritual calling and I had no expectations. I went there to just allow myself to be present with the people, with the culture, with um, the experience. And so I learned about just uh, the peace that is there. Um, there's a peace there that is just unexplainable. Um, people walk very slowly. You know, they're not in a rush. They're not in a hurry. Um, I heard a lot of please and thank you and so sorry. So the overall experience that I felt was just uh, a feeling of harmony, mm. of peace. And a lot of pride in terms of love for their country. And so I, of course, visited the, the slave castles and did my healing and ritualize and um, uh, love to the ancestors and uh, for their uh, sacrifice and challenges. Um, I did. I went to a lot of the um, historic places there. I went to Aburi Gardens to visit with the trees. I went to Kankumba National Park to visit with the trees and to in the nature spirits. And I just gave a lot of love and thanks and gratitude for even being called to Ghana for allowing me to be there because all of that was a part of my energetic and spiritual growth and my spiritual journey. And um, I learned a lot about some of the challenges, of course, and um, and got a chance to help people to help people see the American side of African people. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it to me it was like just connecting, having that opportunity to connect this side of the world to that side of the world. We're just right over the ocean from each other, and just having that ability to connect. I saw a lot of. Um, of course, um, um, things that were challenged in terms of poverty. And then I saw a lot of wealth and richness. And so it's, you know, it's both worlds in that same space, but we share a lot of commonalities. And then there's a lot of things that I shared with them that, again, we could learn and we also could bring forward in terms of just creating a better, more harmonious world, bringing mm-hmm. in both of the, the pros and the cons from each side. So again, because a lot of people looked at me in terms of, you know, uh, you come from America, so you must have a lot. And I said, no, not really. I said, uh, but what I do have, I said, I love the idea that I can share it, that I can expand it a little bit more here. And I also came to learn from you. And so um, I love the appreciation and the respect 
that I received being there and the respect that I gave to them. It was really a, a learning experience for me receiving and giving. And I, what I feel that I left there was um, a different experience of America. Like, you know, this is someone who cares and loves and doesn't have that arrogance. Um, but this is someone that we can connect to. And so I feel very good that I left that impression. Um, many people that I have met and we exchange numbers, they all have contacted me since I've been here to ask how am I doing, did uh -huh. I arrive safely? And so it's been uh, while I was there, they checked on me and made sure that I had everything to make sure that my, you know, my stay and my comfort level was good. And they carried forth that even as I came back here to America. So um, it was a, a, a quite a rewarding experience. And I had no expectations. Like I said, it wasn't something that I had planned to do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't on my agenda. It was a calling that I received and I just answered the calling. And you didn't know anybody before you went? or I didn't know anyone before I went. All I knew was people who knew when, when I said my soul family came together, my soul family came together and just connected me with mm -hmm. someone over there um, from the housing to uh, to getting my visa to everything. I knew no one in Ghana. So basically, you just surrendered to wherever the universe guided you. There's a power in saying Yes. And when I said yes and surrendered, everything began to take place. Mm. I was in Virginia Beach when I surrendered and said yes. Spirit guided me back to Atlanta to begin to get things in place. And the people were on the phone calling and talking to people that they knew from Ghana. And everyone was just working. <laughs> All I had to do was just show, show up, up. And, just, and, and just do whatever the next thing that I'm supposed to do. Go get your visa. Go put it in the mail. You know, I was just here to just show up and just do the next thing. But everyone else took care of everything else. It sounds like this beautiful, nurturing, nourishing community that just welcomed mm. you with open arms. Yes. Yes. And, and believe it. I mean, you know, I've done things like this before, but this one going to another country and just within two weeks time, this was a little bit different. And so each time I had to consciously get out of my, get out of my own way mm -hmm. and allow the universe to work. It's magic. And, uh, it did. How, how do you get out of your own way? <laughs> I think this is I think this is an issue for a lot of people. How do we get out of our own way? Well, we get out of our own way when we begin to uh, force things to happen or when we get into that mindset that we're going to make things happen. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to push the buttons. We are trying to do this. When we get out of our way, we just, again, surrender and relax and let go of the control buttons and allow things to manifest. And that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, um, you know, discipline to just be able to let go because you're going to have other people around you that are going to ask, well, what are you doing? Why are you going here? What's this and what's that? And oftentimes in my situation, especially, I didn't have all the answers because I knew there was something bigger 
that was happening around me that I did not have control of and not totally control of. And so all I needed to do was to relax and let go of the control. But when we get into our own way, that's what we're doing. We're actually allowing the ego to come forward and push the buttons and say, well, we have to do this. We have to do that. Uh, This doesn't look right. Well, we should make it this way. And so, well, why isn't this lined up? Uh, I need to make this happen a little faster. And so we get into our own way. And, and, and the only way to get out of that is to be, pay attention to the ego and just say, no, and I am so- surrendering. I'm allowing this to come forward. No, I don't have all the answers. And yet I'm just going to surrender and say yes. Why? I mean, this is I think this is fascinating because our culture is all about we got everything figured out, you know. And so do you do you did you find that that Ghana, uh, the people that you met in Ghana, they were more in flow with that just energy of going with the flow and not pushing and striving because you said that it was a slower pace of life? Yes, I did feel that. And many times I had to be conscious to when I approach someone because the the culture is that when you approach someone, you first say, please, before you ask a question, you say, please. Now in their language is mapachwa. And you say, please, before you ask a question. And uh, so I found myself oftentimes going in, asking the questions, and then I have to stop and say, okay, take a deep breath and just say, please. And then they take their time in terms of responding. Um, And so I had to learn a lot of patience, which patience is something that I feel I'm very good at that I do have. However, I needed to learn a little bit more that things aren't rush, rush, rush. Um, and that, you know, just sit back and wait, even with the guy that was working on my housing there, um, who was referred to me by someone else. I didn't know him. Um, you know, again, I'm getting ready to get on the flight and I don't know exactly where I'm going to stay yet. And I had to be okay with that because he again confirmed that when you get there, there will be someone to pick you up and there will be housing available for you. And it was. So it was that was my first issue in terms of learning how to just let go and allow and let them work on their own pace. And so, yes, they do work at a different pace. And it's not that rush, rush, rush. Got to make things happen right now. You just wait and they take their time. And, and then they when they provide you with the response is very accurate, is very succinct um, and is in a slow in a way that you can really understand it and receive it. But oftentimes, you know, here in the American way, we are so much in a hurry. You know, we want quick, fast answers and response, and we want you to do it right now. Mm-hmm. And that was not the way. Mm-hmm. So did you, um, were you able to just get into their flow? Yes, <laughs> because I actually loved it. I actually love the flow. And, uh, you know, even something as simple as um, here, um, oftentimes we're always concerned about leaving things on our car seat because, you know, someone will break into our cars. And there in the area that I was in now, they say that there are some areas that are challenged. Mm -hmm. But in the area that I was in my and I had a a driver, um, he would say, you know, yes, we can leave things on the seat. There's no problem. Don't worry about it. But my mindset was you leaving stuff on the seat. 
And he's like, it's going to be okay, madam. It's okay. It's, you know, and he would get out of his car, leave his car running. You know, uh, it was just a whole different lifestyle. And I loved it. I had to first adjust to it. But once I started to adjust, it was like, oh, my God, this is so peaceful. Mm. I didn't realize the level of stress just in leaving things on your car seat or leaving your car, the level of stress that we have that whether or not our car is going to be safe when we get back or the things that we have, the possessions that we have will be okay. Those were some of the things that I was conscious of that, wow, this really caused our stress and I don't have to worry about that here. Wow. And, and the other, the other thing is, I don't know if you do this at home, but how open to receiving are you at home? Because it sounds like you had to be this really open, um, allowing container to allow people to give to you and share with you and lead you, you know, where you had no idea where you were going. Well, and I am that way at home because I actually did this when I left Atlanta, went to Virginia Beach. Um, Again, that was an experience that I didn't know where I was going, but I was just guided to go to Virginia Beach. And I got in my car and I drove there and I stayed there for two months. And again, it was just listening, um, meeting different people. And they were the ones that gave me sort of like the um, the signs or the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, gave me the next tidbit to where I would go next. So they mm-hmm. were like I was I getting like, crumbs. yes, yes. And so just being present, listening to those who come to me and uh listening to what they're sharing with me and and they were the ones that gave me the next place that i would go and so yeah so i'm that's something that i worked on to do a lot in my work in terms of as an energy practitioner to really um going with the flow um and going with the flow of the universe and each time i'm given a different challenge And it's, you know, and so it challenges me and I'm very conscious that, okay, this is a part of a new challenge and I'm ready for it. And uh, the the most challenging times is, again, when when people are asking me questions about what are you going to do and how are you going to do this? And and because my mind is not set up like that, I do know that I am to just relax and allow the universe to work through me. Mm -hmm. And that's the excitement. That's what makes life for me exciting. Um, to go different places and allow myself to be open to people and experiences and allow them to lead me and guide me. Um, And for some reason, I can't figure out that word that I'm looking for, but it will come to me. (laughs) Uh, Because because you you didn't always operate in this way. No, no, I didn't always operate in this way. You had a challenging time with your family growing up. Well, and again, you know, um, I always felt different. I always felt different. I always felt um, not, uh, you know, like they say, there's a black sheep sheep in every family. And I wasn't a black sheep that got into trouble or anything, but I just I just was a black sheep that just didn't feel um, accepted, didn't feel um, uh, like I fit there. 
Is it and because, so, because of your energy? Like a lot of empaths, a lot of empaths always feel like an outsider. Well, this is true. And again, I didn't know those words when I was little growing no, up. None of us um, did. I, <laughs> I thought it would, I thought much of it has a lot to do with what I, why I didn't feel like a fit was uh, being brought up with my grandparents who my, my grandparents, you know, loved me uh, just like their own. And they raised me just like their own from birth. And, you know, so I, affectionately known call them mama and daddy um however i had some you know their their children were not as um uh, acceptance of this arrangement in this relationship mm-hmm. so um so i oftentimes felt the um the uh resistance like resentment um, or yeah resentment jealousy all these kinds of things that i felt and as a child did not know how to of course integrate uh, and process those emotions mm-hmm. and so again as children we learn very easily how to just hide our emotions and move on because you right. know that's what we are we are just resilient and, and so we move on um, and then as we become adults and the thing that really uh, uh, catapulted me going back into those memories and really beginning to do this self-forgiveness work was when I uh, had the traumatic, traumatic event of losing my home and going through a foreclosure and an eviction. Mm-hmm. Now, this was something that stim- that triggered my pride, triggered my triggered shame, tr- triggered anger, uh, triggered all these suppressed emotions that I had inside of me from childhood. And so a part of me healing was I had to go back and address those emotions. And then when I realized that a lot of those emotions were suppressed emotions that I had the fear, the anger, the shame um, of feeling different and being, um, you know, and and matter of fact, dealing with abandonment issues, Mm -hmm. um, you know, those were the things that I had to go back and begin to now unravel and um, and heal. And so it was um, and plus the, the whole experience of going through the eviction, which you know, I never understood that whole process and I never had gone through it before. Um, but having, you know, uh, sheriffs come to your door and actually put all of your belongings out on the on the lawn. Wow. I didn't even understand that that is something that people even experience in wow. this world. So it, it triggered me to say, what kind of world are we living in? Right. And so. Um, but again, I went through the next few months of fighting, 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 trying to get my home back. But in the meantime, I was faced with, again, uh, friends that I thought were friends, but maybe, you know, a lot of the surface friends came up. And so I really realized that I didn't have as much as uh, it was an illusion of what I thought I had. And so, again, this took me down a spiral, uh, Dawn, into me really just uh, really dealing with a lot of those suppressed emotions. And when I realized, and again, I met a spiritual teacher that began to uh, help me in that way. And I began to realize that a lot of it came from the suppressed emotions that I held as a child. Mm-hmm. And had a lot to do with my relationship with my family. Now, like I said, my my grandparents, who I know affectionately as mom and daddy, you know, loved me and uh, raised me as their own. Um, however, it, I didn't feel or experience that with the siblings. And so uh, it was like a 
Um, and I was very quiet, very um, uh, introvert, actually. Um, school was my outlet. So my teacher, your, your and, escape, probably. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And my teachers were, you know, the ones that really, you know, kind of pulled me out of the corner because they saw things in me that I could not see. I was not able to see. I could not feel that because at the time my self-esteem, my confidence was so low that I could not feel these things. But they saw this, 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 this being in me and they kept pulling it out of me. What a gift they gave you. Yes. So yes. How, how old were you when your, um, when your spiritual mentor came into, you know, after you were evicted? Like, what was your healing process like? Well, you know, and this is what makes it so even hard, Dawn, because I was 50 years old when this happened. Mm. And so this house that I had built, you know, um, this was supposed to be my retiring home. Mm. And so um, so I was 50 years old when this happened. And so, um, you know, at that middle point, I didn't, life, I didn't and, think you were even that age. <laughs> well, that's been over quite a few years. Uh, um, I'm I'm uh, glad to say I'll be 60 this year. And uh, so, yeah, so that's been um, it seemed like a longer period of time. But uh, yes, that was about 10 years ago, um, a little uh less than 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, and so again, at that point, when you think that you're at this space or at, I felt I'm at this space of my life, my midtime age and my midterm age. And now I'm beginning to get more grounded and have some things in place set up for retirement. And then this happens. And so, um, but prior to that though, to be honest, prior to that, I had already began to awaken. Mm -hmm. I had already began to awaken to um, to see that things, something in this world just was not right. Mm -hmm. um, like something was off. Like I just didn't feel like mm, there's we're not getting the whole truth. There's something else that's hidden here. And so as I began to turn down the music and cut back on TV watching and especially Oprah, because that was my favorite show. <laughs> But when I began to cut back on that and say, okay, I need to live my life instead of seeing Oprah live hers, mm -hmm. um, I began to experience um, different, um, different uh, awareness. And so, again, going with that allowing and going with the flow, I would often set up Friday as my going with the flow day. And on that day, I would, um, again, um, just get up. And I said, just however the universe is guiding me to do, this is what I'm going to do. I make, I would make no plans. I would go to a movie and I would not research anything. I would just go to the theaters and I said, whatever is showing on the screen, when I show up, that's what I'm supposed to see. Wow. And that's how I saw the matrix. Wow. That's how I saw eat, love and pray. Wow. And that's how I saw the sixth sense, just going to the theaters and just showing up and saying, whatever's on the big screen, that's what I'm supposed to see. And so I had already began to kind of uh, move with the flow of the universe. And so when the 2008 collapse happened and 2009 became more financially challenging as my contracts, uh, you know, kind of dwindled away. 
And then 2010, I'm fighting to hold on to my home. And that whole year, I'm fighting, fighting, fighting with mortgage companies to hold on to my home. And then, you know, 2011, you know, finally at the end of that year, I lose. And uh, still fighting in the court system. And so the and, and, and that's why, again, for your audience, they may say, well, how, how did you get evicted? You know, again, you know, this was a uh, uh, I was still in the court system, but they must have did a little whammy on me or whatever. And so, again, you know, showed up at my doorstep and wow. um, and even though I had papers to show that I'm still in the courts, I'm still working things out. You know, this was a system that, again, um, is just one of those systems that it doesn't work very friendly for those who are trying to do the right thing. So, um, so yeah, so that uh, spawned me into, again, living with different people for the next few months. And um, I got to a point where I, I just, the only thing that was keeping me alive, Dawn, was at that time I was teaching on the collegiate level mm-hmm. and I love teaching because my teachers influenced me when I was growing up. They were the ones that pulled me out of the corner and saw something inside of me. So they created in me the love for teaching. Yeah. And so I was, you have a, you have a gift level. for that, by the way. I mean oh. that when we, where we met, it was like, you are, yeah, you're an amazing teacher. Yes, I when I'm when I'm in front of the classroom, it's like a, a part of me just becomes just so alive. Yeah, and so that's what kept me going during that time was you know showing up in my classroom, being there for my students, and being focused on what I'm there to do, my soul's purpose in terms of teaching. So that really kept me alive during those next few months. However, I got to a point, uh, a downward spiral, that I said, "Oh my God." What is going on? And someone uh, called me at that time and heard my voice and said, let me refer you to someone. Mm. And I immediately knew that that was the next step for me. And so that's what started me and getting my getting energy worked out on myself and then started me down the journey of self Um, radical self-healing and self-forgiveness and forgiveness for myself and forgiveness um, for my family as well. Mm. I was, I was going to ask you why you were talking about your grandparents. Did you ever have a relationship with your biological mom and dad? Oh yes. Um, My biological mom was still in my family, was still in my life. Uh Um, She um, uh, was 22, 23 when she um, was when I was conceived. Uh-huh. And so she was living in New York. I was conceived in New York and she came back um, and had had me. But my grandmother, you know, said, go on and continue your she was in nursing school, continue your work, continue your nursing work, leave the child with me. So that was an arrangement that they made. Okay. And when she did come back to get me a few years later, um, my grandparents were now in love with me and they, you know, felt as though that the best thing for me at that time was to stay with them. Stay with them because you were because they were the only parents that you had ever known. Yes. 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 So. And so, again, um, you know, in my biological father, I met him when I was when I turned maybe 21 or 22. 
uh-huh. um, <laughs> for the first time. Wow. And uh, and so my biological mother has now made a transition along with my grandparents. They have made a transition. Uh-huh. And my biological father, he's still here. And uh, we have a relationship. We, you know, the relationship he, he has much of, uh, I have much of his personality. He's very outgoing. Um, but, you know, when we met, it was a very open, honest exchange because that's what I told him I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he gave me. And so we've been good friends since. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so now with your, he- with your healing part, I want, I want to know how you did that. Um, because, because of, the stuff that you went through with your house and um, and maybe other things from, you know, when you were growing up because of the, uh, you know, the family was not really accepting you so much mm-hmm. as your grandparents might have wanted. So what was that process like? Because I, you know, we all have stuff to heal, you know, mm-hmm. and so, and hopefully most people do have some awakening in their lives where they recognize that these are the things that block us from living our best life. Right. And so can you share about what your healing journey was like? Yes. Um, And, um, and thank you for asking these questions and allowing me to share this. Um, This is really my first time being so transparent in terms of this uh, aspect of my uh, healing journey. Um, And I'm grateful to do this because um, I do believe that, you know, a part of our uh, healing and growth and expansion and evolution uh, requires that we go into those hidden parts of ourselves and Mm -hmm. and have the courage to go there. Um, again, like I said, I was introduced to a spiritual teacher who I began to have energetic work done on me. Um, although in our consciousness and our minds, we want to heal ourselves because of those blocks that you just mentioned, Don, about blocks, we become energetically blocked. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, doing some energetic work in terms of chakra illumination, uh, soul clearing and soul healing. Those were some of the things that I started to have done on me. And I also began to really work on a uh, I was introduced to the mantra Ho'oponopono. Mm-hmm. which is a good forgiveness mantra, Hawaiian forgiveness mantra. And I began to do that as one of my way to help go within myself and really go into those hidden dark shadows of myself and really heal into those, um, those lost hidden parts of myself that I had disconnected from. Mm-hmm. And so, um, And again, the disconnection is always about survival. You know, we disconnect because, again, to stay there and not know how to process it keeps you in a, you know, a very depressed mode. So you we disconnect unconsciously so that we can move forward. That's like your protective mechanism. It's a protective mechanism and it's a a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. And we are good at it. We become good at it as children, actually. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I actually started doing some work with my spiritual teacher and she was doing work on me and I was doing my own work, clearing, journaling, really tapping into how I felt and not and choosing no longer to um, disown that part of me. 
So along with radical self-healing, it would it turn into radical self-love. And so I had to really begin to love those areas of me that uh, that I was ashamed of, uh, that I felt um, hurt by, um, that I didn't feel love. And I really had to begin to really love myself for who I am right where I am mm-hmm. and not only love myself, but like myself. And I think I've always liked myself, but I wasn't sure whether or not I liked myself. And so as I began to do the work to clear and really tap into those old memories and um, I began to really like myself, I remembered that I like myself. Mm-hmm. And then I also focus on other things that people saw in me that I was rejecting and resisting. Like, like, like what, for instance? Like, for an example, you know. People saw in me that I was very kind and caring um, and I've always felt very kind and caring. But, you know, again, because of my low self-esteem that I was experiencing at the time or remembering that I experienced for most of my life, I rejected that that idea. So mm-hmm. when someone would give me a compliment, you know, I couldn't receive it. Mm. I had a difficult time receiving the compliment Uh Uh and receiving that aspect of myself. And so a part of my self-radical healing was, again, beginning to allow that and beginning to feel that and receive that aspect of myself that I really like. You know, Um, I've always was seen as a leader. Uh, I was given many leadership opportunities in school and um, I was even a peer counselor when I was in high school. So for a very for most of my life, people always felt comfortable coming to me and talking to me. And I was always a very, um, you know, a good person. I'm a good listener. So I was a good listener. I can listen to them and really give them some guidance. Um, But most importantly, I was a good listener. Mm -hmm. And so these were some of the things that I began to tap in that I really liked about myself and I really appreciate and other people appreciate about me. So I began, along with my self-radical healing, I began to also embrace radical self-love. That's a, this is a bold new concept, Nataki. I mean, you know, people are starting to talk about radical self-love and acceptance, but why is it even important? You know, this is... (laughs) Why is it even important? Why are we even talking about that? Why is this relevant? Why is this coming up in our consciousness? Good, good question, Don. Thank you. Well, the reason why this is coming up, because for so long, we have been told a lot of lies about not only who we are, about what we are. Mm-hmm. We are powerful gods and goddesses, and we come from love divine love and we are here through that that divine love to create a whole new shift in consciousness we are in we are leaving an age an age of piscine and we are moving into a new age of aquarius where it was a time where we actually remembered and experienced our oneness with each other and our connection to each other and our connection to source and to the universe and so The only way that we are going to journey back to that oneness is that we have to first journey within. Mm -hmm. And so it's important 
because with all of the distractions that we have had, with all of the uh, external, the, the programs that we have been fed in terms of the goals that we have to achieve in life and all this competitiveness in terms of being the very best that you can be and being the better than everyone else. And so all of these kind of sort of catapult us out of who we really truly are. So many people are in careers and industries and work that they don't even enjoy Mm -hmm. because again, we've been fed so many different programs about what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be instead of really tapping into who are you and what is your soul's purpose? What do you love to do? And how can you be, uh, how can you influence love on the planet? But most of us aren't able to do that because we have gotten, we, again, we are disconnected from who we really truly are, mm-hmm. which is love, divine love. Mm-hmm. And so tapping into that self, radical self-love is a necessity, is essential for us to really being able to uh, connect to the oneness, connect back to source, connect back to who we are, connect back to our truth, our authentic self, and to learn the lessons that we're here to learn from a space of being whole and not fragmented. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that is, that's where all the disconnection is, you know, that sense of fear and separation and judgment mm-hmm. and, um, you know, criticism and all this all this stuff that that blocks us from really experiencing that sense of connection with source mm-hmm. you know, that because it's it's not a religious thing it's a spiritual thing yes. it's a spiritual energy um, yes do you do you feel like we all have a similar purpose and we just have different paths to express it? Or do you feel like we all have a different purpose? What's your take on that? Well, I believe that we all have our own unique um, imprint and signature that we are here to uh, place on Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And so we all are different. We all unique. And I feel as though we all have our um, own unique signature that is none like anyone else. And the key to our living and living life passionately is to connecting to that signature imprint. Mm -hmm. And yes, we all may travel different ways or different paths to bring forth that, um, that, 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 that signature imprint, but we all are here purposely. I, I believe that is to be true as well. Um, And I feel like, most of what we're here to do is to learn how to give and receive love. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, that was one of the things that I had to learn in terms of one of the lessons I learned in my experience when I went through the eviction and I was living with different people. I really had to learn how to receive mm-hmm. because I was always a giver. I was a giver. I was a giver. I was That's like we serve others, right? We serve yes, others. We yes, help others. I am a server. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And, you know, it was nothing for me to, to bring forth entertainment into my home and, and entertain people and serve them. And, you know, that was my joy. Um, I didn't realize how much I was off balance in terms of being able to receive. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think so that was one of the things that I, I'm sorry. Do you think that that's um, a big issue for females versus males? I don't know. Maybe in the past I may have thought that way, but you know, I find that there are that, that is. I don't think it's one or the other. I think we all have that issue. Either we are in balance of either receiving too much or and and not giving, mm-hmm. or giving too much and not being able to receive. Mm-hmm. So, um, because women are nurturers and we are a part of, you know, uh, we, we give a lot, it may appear as if we're the ones that may be giving more and not being able to know how to receive. And yet I found a lot of men who are also nurturers and they also give a lot and they don't know how to receive. They don't know how to sit back and just allow, you know, someone to love them. And so because, again, whatever fear of uh, trust issues. So Mm -hmm. I find that it is both uh, genders that are having the same issue. Mm -hmm. So how do we learn to restore this balance of energy? Mm. Um, My the greatest thing for me is awareness. You know, um, and that's like when I when I say nurturing awareness, that's one of the things that I do. I just help people to become aware um, because, again, when we begin to wake up and we begin to calm down all the distractions that keep us from actually tapping into ourselves, then we become uh, lost and fragmented. But once we start to slow things down and and, and one of the pros of this you know, experience that we've had over the last year in terms of slowing things down, to me, it has given people an opportunity to really go within. Right. And many people are making a lot of shifts as a result of that, you know, changing jobs, even changing relationships as a result of realizing that, you know, through all of the rat race, it realized that they've been living a life of lies and illusions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the first key is awareness you know, becoming aware. And that happens to other people. And that's one of the things that I have, you know, that I often say to my students now that I, I, I give thanks to my family because they are the ones that have actually started me on this journey of self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your family, because we, in my understanding, we choose those relationships. We choose all the things that we're here to learn. So we choose the family members. And so they bring forth that um, the lessons that we want to learn if we understand that this is what we're doing. It has to be an intentional understanding and awareness that this is what we're doing. We're using these people as mirrors to help us see what we need to learn and what we need to heal. And so when we begin to, as I began to understand um, that I had an imbalance between being able to give and receive, then is when I had to step back and just allow and begin to say yes and thank you and okay Mm -hmm. and, um, and just allow myself to receive and not only to allow myself to receive and feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often say that, you know, um, if you if you block yourself from receiving, you're not giving other people the ability to give to, to give. Right. So it's like you're in, in you being open. You're also allowing them 
to pour out of themselves, you know, as it is so to help them express their love in the world. And so, yeah. And and we need that. And, And, you know, often people will say, don't block my blessings. I want to give this to you. Don't block my blessings. And that's actually what you're doing because we all need to, um, to evolve. Mm -hmm. And so we are all learning the lessons of giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. And so when we stop someone from giving to us, us, then we are also stopping them from evolving in what they need to learn and their lessons Mm -hmm. that, that they need to learn. Beautiful point, Nataki. That's a beautiful point. Yeah. That we, um, that we do, like, I feel like we have um, all of these external factors that block us, like you were talking about, you know, blocks and like your chakras, different levels of your energy fields being blocked. Mm-hmm. And and it's all about learning how to create this space, like this pure, um, pure openness and this this channel so that energy can just come in and, and release and come in and release so that it's more like the ebbs and flows of the, of the water of the ocean, you know, mm-hmm. that, that sometimes, sometimes things are stronger and then sometimes things are more calm, but you don't have to do anything about it. You just have to allow it. You just have to allow it. And again, going back to, again, some of those hidden suppressed emotions, if you were brought up in a family where if they give you something, then it's, it comes with some uh, judgment or embarrassment or, you know, you're talked about in, in my family, that's what we call talked about, you know, so you speak, you're spoken about very badly. And so you feel shunned to receive anything. Mm-hmm. And so this is oftentimes where that, that inability or that, that, that challenge to receive comes in and then vice versa in terms of giving, you know, so oftentimes it's something or someone may have given you something and, you know, they made you feel very badly about it once, once you received it. So Mm -hmm. then you are left with that memory and then it's very difficult for you to receive because you don't trust the experience anymore. You lost the trust with the experience. Yeah, that you feel like there's some sort of price in you accepting it. Yes. Yeah. So how do you how do you learn to get rid of those blocks and um, come to this place of forgiveness? Because I think that that's also a challenge for many of us is forgiveness. The concept like, oh, I let them off the hook. Mm. Mm. Well, and that's and, the, and for one thing, that's um, the definition of forgiveness has to be evaluated and changed in your belief system, because forgiveness for some people may feel as though they're leaving, they're letting someone off the hook. But actually, you are also attaching yourself to that person, to the karma. So that's how karma is developed Mm -hmm. because you are attaching yourself to that experience and you're staying attached to the, uh, to that experience. Forgiveness is actually a very selfish thing because what you're doing is you're releasing you Mm. from the memory and from the experience. And so you're also freeing yourself and you're freeing others. Now, it doesn't mean that they may not do the same thing to someone else or they may not even attempt to do the same thing to you again. 
But because when you when when we learn the, the the concept of forgiveness in terms of releasing and letting go of the painful memory of the emotion that's attached to the experience. Now you may not forget the situation because you're like, okay, if you do that one more time, I I I I've already been there once. We yeah. we got that. We got the t-shirt <laughs> on that one. Okay. But what you do is that you release yourself from the emotional trauma of the experience. Because as long as you stay engaged in the emotion of it, then you are holding on, you're not free and you, the other person is not free. So instead of looking at, you know, not letting letting that person off the hook, you're not even letting yourself off the hook. Right. So forgiveness is a, uh, a radical selfish thing because it's really about freeing yourself from the emotional attachment to the situation and to the memory of the situation. And so how do you do that, Nataki? It takes work. It takes a commitment to forgiveness um, and it actually takes work. And when I say work, um, I do my, I do the mantra. I do the mantra Ho'oponopono all the time um, I, because I am also now an energy practitioner. This is the work that I do on myself. Um, I keep myself clear before I work on anyone else. So um, all the healing modalities that I do, I do them on myself daily Mm -hmm. um, because um, we are on a journey. So it's not like a destination that we're going to get to because there are so many layers and levels of our unfoldment. We have been on planet Earth many, many times. So this is not our first uh, tour, I would say, on the earth, right? <laughs> so we have lived many lives and, and, and many times we've lived in many genders. And so we've lived in different experiences because the, you know, the what we call earth university is, is again, is a university is here where we come and learn lessons. And so in order for us to learn lessons, you weren't always Dawn, you know, you might've been a Richard. You know, um, and so you learn things from a male perspective and now you're here to learn in a feminine body and learn things from a, a female perspective. You know, uh, we have been the murderers. We have been the, the rapers, the kidnappers. We've been all those things because each time we learn lessons and we come back and we do it differently. And so we're and I tell people all the time, um, uh I, I have a I have this little thing about I said I don't carry weapons because I said I remember there was a lifetime when I did carry weapons and I was really horrible. I said, so that's my choice that I'm, that is not what, what I want to do in this lifetime. Yeah. And because oftentimes, you know, my uncles will say something like, you know, you know, are you okay? Do you, do you have anything to protect you? And I said, divine love protects me. I said, I don't need to carry any weapon. I don't carry any pepper spray. I don't carry any of that stuff. I said, divine loves protects me. And so, um, we have been through many different um, um, lives um, and with each life, if we don't learn the lessons, we come back and we learn different lessons. And so this is a journey. It's not a destination that we're going to get to. However, as we continue to unfold and unfold and unfold and just, you know, choose again, it's a choice, choose forgiveness, choose to just heal and work with yourself. You can do, I've done journaling and I still do journaling. Um, I like to test myself when I go with my family now. I test myself to see how well 
Did I do, you know, did I attach to any emotion? Did anything yeah. trigger inside of me? You know, how did I feel? So, you know, I test myself. And then when I, when I realized that, oh, well, I did good. I didn't, you know, that memory didn't come back and haunt me. I celebrate. And that's one of the things that um, I want to share that when we are on this journey, once we choose to the journey of forgiveness and self-radical healing, uh, because that comes with a lot of digging up and triggering a lot of old um, hurt and pain and disappointment, we also want to also love ourselves and celebrate ourselves whenever we realize that I have come to understand, I have learned a lesson. Um, And now I'm ready to move on to the next lesson. We want to take pause and celebrate ourselves, celebrate our growth, celebrate our evolution, celebrate our true selves. Because how do you feel when you do that? Like when you have forgiven and when you celebrate yourself, how does it feel in that space? Uh, it's exciting. It's thrilling. It's, it gives you, it helps you to tap into your real true power that you have the power. Because I, I say to people, I just facilitate healing. Mm-hmm. We are all healers because mm-hmm. we all know how to heal ourselves. We've just forgotten. So all right. I'm doing is facilitating the healing, helping you to remember. So when you remember that you have the ability to heal yourself, you're like ready for the next the, the, the next big event. You know, you're ready to tackle, you know, that that father that maybe you haven't spoken to in many years or that sister that you have been, you know, just kind of avoiding the phone call or anyone that you have been avoiding because you didn't know how to. Mm -hmm. And how do you how How do you how do how do you deal with them, even if there's the same? Well, and they may be the same, but you're different. Mm. So it doesn't matter where they are. You are different. And so when you become different, when I become different, as I began to self heal myself, my family is still the same way. Okay. However, one of the things that they have been able, and again, I come from a, you know, Christian background. So my family is very Christian and they go to church all the time. And they used to ask me for years, well, are you going to church? And it took me a minute before I could really courageously say no. You know, uh, because I celebrate my spirituality in a different way. You know, I go to the beach. I go out in nature. You know, this is my way of uh, connecting with the oneness, connecting with what I I call God and source and source creator, prime creator. Um, This is how I fellowship. And so when you become and as I began to be able to even say that and say it aloud and be okay with however they felt. When I say, uh, I don't even know if I could put that into words in terms of how I felt, how I feel. And so as a result, you know, they no longer ask me that. And as a result, they're actually looking at me and, and wondering with wonderment. And I can feel it. You know, they're looking at me in wonderment because, again, I am I have consciously um, again, um, I'm aware not to force what I feel and my beliefs and my journey on them. Right. I'm doing my work 
And as I'm doing my work, I'm allowed, um, it's easier for me to allow them to be who they are, to allow them to be in their space and be who they are and still be able to be around them, laugh, talk, and then know that at a certain point, I create my own boundaries and I go get rejuvenated and then I may come back. But I know my own limitations when it comes to how much I'm able to kind of be around. Mm -hmm. And so with me knowing me and knowing my boundaries and setting up my boundaries, I'm allowing them to be whoever they are in their own space. And so this gives me a level of freedom Mm. and power. That's, yeah, that's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're, you're not, you're not letting anyone else affect your own internal well-being and welfare and space. Exactly. Exactly. You are liberated so that you know that you are, um, you are the only connection to source that you need, Mm -hmm. right? You don't need any sort of external validation. Exactly. You, you made it, you said it perfectly, Don. That's exactly what it is. And, and as you begin to do that more in, all of your relationships, not me, my family was my most challenging relationships, but even with, you know, as I began to again, date and, you know, meet men, you know, and it's like, I'm and and matter of fact, someone just said this to me yesterday. One of my students said this to me yesterday. She said, well, perhaps you're not meeting anyone because you're so whole that maybe when they approach you, they feel as though, oh, she has someone because she doesn't look as though she needs anything. And I said, you don't. Yeah, that's 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 true. I said, that's that's probably correct. I said, however, that person that is going to align with me is also going to be whole. So yes. it's not going to be coming into to that we need anything other than just to enhance right. our connection to each other and our connection to source. Right. I don't need anybody to complete me. Yes. Or to fill me up. Like that's my job. And so I just want to have somebody to share it with. Yes. Yes. And the beauty of sharing this journey now, when you become, you know, as I become more whole and, you know, really love myself and like myself and enjoy being with myself, then, you know, I'm excited to share that experience with someone else and now journey with someone else um, into a different adventure. Uh, But, you know, I travel by myself, you know, I don't let, you know, that stop me from going to where I need to go. And of course, with my big uh, courageous step to Ghana, you know, I don't need to know anyone in order for me to to get to the other side of the world. You just (laughs) hear the call and you answer. <laughs> Which yes. is how we should live our life. Yes. Yes. And you know, there's a um a movie that I saw, um, I think it's Jim Carrey, and it it's called Yes Man. And you know, he was so much in resistance, uh, and, and he started, he went to this seminar, and the, the seminar was about saying yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. So he started, you know, he said, Well, let me just try this, and he started saying yes. And there's a there's magic in saying yes. Mm. There's magic in saying yes. So I would tell people sometimes, I said, This is my yes day. 
So whatever you're calling me about today, I'm saying yes. You don't even, you don't even just whatever it is. Yes. I'm saying yes. Wow. That's very brave of you, Nataki. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I want to say yes to some people's questions or requests. Aren't there well, some aren't there things like boundaries for self-protection <laughs> and preservation? I don't know. <laughs> well, on, on that day when you wake up in that yes mode, you just have to trust the universe is going there to align you, you with <laughs> you things that you are able to say yes to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll maybe I'll do it with my kids one time. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Try it. Try it and see what happens. You know, Uh don't give them any warning. You know, I wouldn't tell them. Yeah, I wouldn't tell them. I wouldn't tell them. I would just, you know, it's just an internal choice and decision. And then I'll see how it goes. (laughs) But 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 I do think that. So, I mean, I think that this is this is why it's so important that we do wake up. Because then, yes. then these inspirations and intuitions and these ideas that we go, oh, my God, that sounds crazy. Instead of saying, oh, that sounds crazy. It's like, oh, OK, yes, I know it's coming from a good place. It's leading me in the right direction. And I know wherever I'll end up, I'll be fine. Yes, because, again, it's all about, again, connecting to your signature imprint. And so many Beautiful creations are not being harnessed because people are not living. They're not, they're just existing. And so we want to begin to live and be passionate about life. And when you can wake up and say yes to life, you know, and be passionate about it, then you are now making a, 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 a signature imprint in the world that can influence and inspire others just because of your big yes. I was going to say, so instead of waking up and going, oh, crap, (laughs) it's morning. (laughs) And I wake up and go, yes. (laughs) So, No, I meant yes. I meant yes. (laughs) And and again, this is what happens. Even when you laugh at yourself like that. You know, it just automatically changes your frequency, yeah. you know, to say, okay, oh, I did tell the talkie I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yes. Darn it, why did I tell her I was going to agree to that? <laughs> That's a beautiful gift you've just given me, Nataki. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. And it's, and it's something that, again, is coming through me. It's not mine. Okay. So it wasn't yeah. mine to hold on to. Yeah. Um, I received it. And again, we get inspirations from so many different places, right? Yes. Uh, that was something that came through a movie. Uh, but we get inspirations from, you know, other people when we see them being kind um, to other people. That's that's a way to inspire. We see, we get inspiration through books. We hopefully someone who here in um, this podcast will be inspired to maybe say yes or to maybe really e- evaluate their lives and, and see how they're not living their lives passionately and choose to live their lives passionately or choose 
to uh, do some self-radical, self-healing and self-love, yeah. you know, as a result of um, hearing this and our exchange today. So, you know, and this is what it's, it's about, uh, Don. You know, yeah. you're making your imprint, um, your signature imprint by taking the time to do this and, you know, providing this to other listeners. And so this is what this is what life is about. This is why we're here together. Yeah. You know, we are here to on this journey together. And, you know, there has been so many other things and distractions that have tried to keep us apart from each other. And this is where I love the resilience and the compassion of humanity, because with all that we have gone through over the last 26,000 years, you know, we are still compassionate people. We are still resilient. We are still standing, you know, uh, and and this is the amazing thing that I would love to share with your audience that, you know, we have to remember not only who we are, but what we are. We are beautiful gods and goddesses that are here to usher in this new age, to be love and light, to be a gift to each other. Yes. And therefore a gift to Mother Earth because she has given us so much and we need to connect back to Mother Earth and really uh, tune into this frequency and resonance so that we can become balanced and harmonize again. Yes, yes to everything that you just said. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, so Nataki, my last question that I ask my list, my guests is how do you define real love? Mm. Well, love is, um, in my opinion, love is me, love is you, love is allowing love is no judgment no criticism releasing all those things mm -hmm. love is letting go mm -hmm. love is detachment from outcomes and love is, to me is freedom mm -hmm. liberation mm -hmm. the greatest yes the greatest yes <laughs> the greatest yes yeah so how can so how can people work with you how can people find out more info, uh, information about how to find you and how to work with you and how to be around your amazing, beautiful energy. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, um, if someone wants to reach me, you can always go to my website, which is www.empoweringyou.empoweringyou.net. -E the letter U now, N -O -W dot net. That is my website, www.empoweringyou.net. You may also reach me at Nataki at EmpoweringYouNow.net or NatakiRivers at Gmail, if that's easier to remember, NatakiRivers at Gmail, and then I can guide you to my website. You may also reach me via WhatsApp or text if you want to set up a schedule appointment at 678-357-5171. Again, that's 678 Three five seven five one seven one. I also have a conscious conversation uh, twice a month, and this is an opportunity for people just to come on and uh, be in a safe environment, a platform. We have different topics that we that we speak about. This month, we talked about toxic relationships, mm. and uh, so we have conscious conversation this Wednesday at eight p.m. If you're interested, please text me. And I was in with your email address and I will send you uh, the information so that you can 
be a part. I do ask for a donation of $10, but that's just a suggested donation. Don't let that um, uh, stop you from wanting to be a part. All you have to do is let me know that you want to be a part. And again, you can text me at 678-357-5171 and I can provide that information or email for you or to you. Beautiful. And uh, beautiful. I'll put that in the show notes too, you know, to let people know all your information. So um, you are amazing. You are so beautiful. And my my, uh, mantra of this podcast is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. Oh, yes. Received. Yes. Yes. You are a beautiful example of really creating a beautiful relationship with yourself and being an example for the rest of us. So thank you so much. Mm. Thank you, Don. Thank you so much for having me and receiving me. Uh, thank you to your audience for um, listening to me. And I do Uh, hope that something you've heard today will inspire you to uh, on your journey to self-forgiveness and Mm. self-love. And so that we can together uh, raise the level of consciousness for uh, the planet. Yeah. So we can all experience more yeses, more yeses, (laughs) more yeses, more love, more equal flow of giving and receiving. Yes. The yin yang. Yes. The balance. To experience that because it's beautiful. You know, we used to live that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, pre-Atlantis. We used to live, live that way, but we've forgotten because we've fallen so deep into this uh, deep spiral of, um, you know, I don't know. We've, we've, we've gone just deep into a low level of, of consciousness. And so now we are on oh, that's what I'm saying. We're resilient and through our love and compassion for love and light and for life and for each other. We are coming back to this oneness and reconnecting back to source. And so we're, we are, this is amazing time to be alive. It's just amazing. Yeah, so exciting. It's so exciting. exciting. Just, It'll be so fascinating to see how we all evolve. Yes, yes. And then, and just to allow people to evolve and evolve on their own time, you know? Right. And, and that will also add to our fun and enjoyment. Right. As we move forward, because um, it's not going to be just always, you know, fun and laughter. We have to go in and do the work, right. you know, right. and uh, do the work. But then, like I said, you know, give yourself a pat on the back, celebrate any small, minimal changes or awareness that you become aware of that something that you have let go of, you know, celebrate, celebrate yourself and continue the journey. Yeah. Celebrate your liberation. <laughs> Yes. And your love. (laughs) Yes. So, so listeners, um, I'm sure that you have been inspired, inspired, inspired by all of what Nataki (laughs) has talked about. And so please subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, write reviews, share with anyone that you feel would that this would be helpful for you. uh, Because, you know, it's my mission to spread more love into the world. And I mean, this was my yes. I, I got this mm. message of, uh, yeah, you need to do a podcast. I'm like, what? What's up with that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So this is a big, this is a big part of my following the, the whispers or calls. Uh, the calls. Like a, yes. The call. yes, yeah. yes. So I'm, so I'm answering the call. So if mm. anybody, uh, you know, wants to work with me, um, 
I'm, I'm conscious love, sex and relationship coach. I help people eliminate those blocks and barriers that prevent us from receiving the, the love that we desire and deserve. So feel Ooh. free to send me a message on Instagram or, or Facebook uh, at The Awakening with Dawn. And um, I actually have ongoing group programs and one-on-one counseling that I can, you know, help assist you in your own emotional healing. So thank you uh, so much for blessing me with your beautiful presence today. It's been an honor and a gift, Nataki. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Dawn. And, and I would like to invite you to come on one of our conscious conversations and give some love light. to. Yes, please. <laughs> I would love to. Awesome. Awesome. Because this is what is, this is what, you know, this connection is about. It's um, answering the call and every one of us have something, some unique talent and gift yes. that is just waiting to be awakened within us. And so thank you for this, for this platform, Don. Thank you for answering the call. Thank you for inviting me. And um, I look forward to a long, beautiful relationship and partnership with you. Me too. Me too. So thank you listeners for listening to Wake Up to Real Love with Nataki Rivers today and every day. Wake up to more and more real love. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, audience. Subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. Leave five-star reviews. And of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.